0: Things well. Anything to pretend that everything was all right. Anything to be affirmed and to feel wanted. But the tension hadn't ceased through the year. If anything, it had only grown stronger and tighter, clenching me like the grip of a father who refused to let go of a thrashing child, like the grip of the father who refused to let go of my wandering soul. I was apathetic on the outside but screaming on the inside, screaming that this wasn't the life I had planned, screaming to a God whom I proclaimed to love but in the depths of my heart doubted was even good, screaming in frustration that I even cared so much. How weak I must be, what a pathetic, soft woman that my emotions and my pain could rule my days. I felt captive to the world's perception of me, a slave to pretending that I was healing, giving prepackaged glory to a God I didn't know. My lips stayed sealed with my practiced smile, but my mind was shouting for freedom. I was at the breaking point, ravaged by my internal battle. It had been a year of anguish, preceded by several years of feeling lost, then found, then lost again. It seemed like I was on a roller coaster ride, and my heart wanted off. I was done. My car continued to speed down the interstate as night crept into morning. Even though the mile markers assured me I was headed home, I felt like I was crawling— The hours dragged by, and my eyes hung heavy, and my phone kept buzzing, and all of it was just annoying. Then it was one in the morning, and I realized that, for the most part, I was the only car on the road. I spotted a few glowing deer eyes in the woods as I passed, but they were hard to catch amid the fog. The fog began to thicken until it was so dense it blanketed the street and swirled up from the median. My car split through it at 80 miles per hour as I slumped, mentally numb in the driver's seat. It would almost be easier not to care, easier to crawl between the sheets of a friend and keep secrets of what happened in the dark, to talk the talk and rest in the lies and accept the praise. After all, I knew all the right things to say, whether they were truthful or not. I could just take the depression meds and convince myself they'd work one day. I could just laugh along with the world's sense of humor and be entertained by the newest craze. It would be easier to fall back into my pity when the tension was too tight, to blame my behavior on the scars of my circumstances, and to rationalize that it would someday all be fine. It would almost be easier to exalt my wreckage than to seek the seemingly fleeting God who had wrecked himself on my behalf. If the year had convinced me of anything, it was that this God, the God everyone shoved down my throat, the healer and redeemer and restorer, was far, far away from me. Sure, I was good at regurgitating memorized praises, but in my broken, burned-out state, my calloused heart prayed not for salvation or for strength, but for proof. For months, I'd pleaded for proof. Prove it. If you're so real, if you love me the way everyone says you do, reveal yourself to me. I want what everyone else seems to have, and if somehow that's from you, give it to me. Prove it. In desperation, I'd spent months petitioning a God whom I demanded cater to my needs for proof. I'd tried fighting the tension by demanding God fix my circumstances and bless me out of my mess. I half believed He might, and half believed my prayers were a last-ditch effort I could pretend I hadn't been desperate enough to pray if anyone asked when still nothing had changed. I'd tried challenging God into restoring my brokenness— never realizing that he heard my cries and knew my brokenness better than I knew myself, never realizing that my pleas for revelation were about to be answered by a father who wasn't trying to preserve me, but rather was willing to wreck me for his glory, a father who'd been waiting for such a time as this, to wreck my life. I glanced over to see a sign glowing green in the night, Atlanta, 100 miles. Thank goodness. I was nearing the state line, and home was almost in sight. When I caught the road again, the fog was dense and spinning. Before I could make sense of the moment, my steering wheel began to jolt and jerk. Cranking side to side, I realized my wheels were twisting through the mud and grass. I'd been speeding down the left lane and was now dropping off the side of the road. My mind snapped out of its haze, and in desperation, I clenched the cold leather wheel and pulled it hard to the right. "'Get back on the road! Get back on the road!' My heart pounded and my muscles tensed in fear as I tried desperately to regain control. The fog split and I saw the front of my jeep speeding forward almost completely perpendicular to the lines on the asphalt. No, no, this can't happen. Get back on the road. My jeep lunged back onto the pavement and charged straight over it toward a wooden embankment. I desperately pulled back to the left as my wheel caught a deep divot and in the deepest parts of me I knew it was over. My body gave way to the force that was overwhelming my car. Fear paralyzed me, a piercing, screaming, indescribable type of fear. A fear that flooded me as fast as a rushing waterfall, but forced time to slow to a drip.